This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. Hello and Happy New Year and welcome to the very first episode of 2021. Woohoo! So this is episode 119 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, uh, Lisa Nowakowski, and I'm a tech coach in South Monterey County. And I am your other host, Nancy Minicozzi. I am also a tech coach. I'm in Beverly Hills, California. And just a reminder, we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. And did you ever wonder who invented the coffee maker? I did. So I looked it up. And the short answer to all of this is, and you can look up, you can Google it yourself if you want to, is Melita Bentz in 1908. She created the first drip coffee maker using a filter that she had um, out of a blotting paper. So interesting things. And today our guest is Corey Schwarzrock. Um, and she will be talking to us today about how she uses mastery checks to assess her students. So Corey, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do. Thank you for having me. Um, I am a social science teacher out of Cary, Illinois. I have been teaching for 19 years and I've taught everything from freshman level global studies to AP psychology. I've been residing in the AP psychology world for about the last 10 years. And um, this year I assumed my first divisional role. Um, I'm an administrator um, for the social science or international studies division here at Cary Grove. Oh, well, congratulations on the, the, the new role that you have this year. Thank you. All right. So you're going to talk to us about mastery checks and what they are and, and how they are different from unit tests or other types of assessments. So if you could, go ahead. Um, so like many educators over the summer, I was trying to figure out what is my classroom going to look like in 2020. I didn't know if we were going to be remote, I didn't know if we were going to be in person, or some combination of the two. So I scoured the internet looking for what different, um, different ways that I could structure our education or our learning experiences. And I came across a training called the Modern Classrooms Project. A fundamental part of that training was mastery checks, um, which really helped me to need this year because we were fully remote for the first semester. And this, the assessments that I had been using in the past did not transfer well to an online environment. Excellent. So what are some of the what are some of the benefits of these, you know, mastery or yes, mastery checks? So how, how do you, yeah, what are some of the benefits of doing this? So a mastery check is different than your regular formative and summative assessment. So a formative assessment, you're measuring the student's progress, right? Have they learned what you are teaching them? Summative is going to be the ultimate measure of that. A mastery check is different because it allows the students to um, 
continue learning until they've mastered the task. It's not a one and done, which is typically what a summative assessment is. The goal of mastery learning is to allow a student to continue to work on a skill until they can master it, which I think is the, the goal of education. That's what all of us want for our students. That's fantastic. That goes along really well with so many of the schools that are moving to a standards-based report card. I don't know if yours does that, but it it kind of allows the students to, yeah, you know, like you said, continue to master what they need to master. Oh, that right. is fantastic. Um, so what are some other advantages of these mastery checks? So one advantage I feel is that it reduces student stress. You know, assessment, especially summative assessments, causes our students a lot of stress. And the last thing any of us need right now in this learning environment is more stress. Secondly, um, I believe it reduces the incentive to cheat. When we give high stakes tests, especially when students aren't even in the building to monitor, it becomes really hard to control their behaviors. And I think, in fact, we incentivize cheating at that point. So I believe that um, mastery checks actually put the emphasis back on learning and they take it away from grades um, because that, that's our ultimate purpose. Last week, I got an email. I follow Angela Duckworth on the Character Lab and she posted a great post about self-efficacy and how mastery learning can build self-efficacy in students. So self-efficacy is our belief that each individual can or holds regarding their ability to succeed in a situation. Mastery learning helps them see that they can overcome obstacles and achieve their goals um, through, through experience, right? If they, if they constantly fail at, a, at an assessment, they're going to internalize that. If we allow them to overcome, it builds grit, resilience, and belief in themselves. Excellent, thank you. And can these um, be used with any grade level or is there specific grade levels that it's more advantageous to use in? I think absolutely any grade level. Um, I am a high school teacher, but I have three boys under the age of 10. So we're in pre-K through fourth grade. And I will tell you that their elementary school teachers are masters of differentiation. So I think actually high school teachers are probably a little late to the game in terms of differentiation um, and mastery-based learning. And being in high school and, you know, they, you know, high school kids, um, what has their reaction been? How have the students um, reacted to this different uh, approach? They have reacted very positively to it. I teach AP psychology and my students tend to be very dedicated, but also very grade conscious. Um, so I think that eliminating the final nature of that grade has reduced their stress and allowed them to focus more on the process of learning and less on the grade. And what are some of the impacts that you've seen on the student learning? One question that I get a lot when I talk about mastery um, learning is that has it stopped the cheating? Because I think that's one of the, the difficulties facing many educators today. And I can say that I do think it's reduced it. 
I, I don't know if I'll ever say that it's eliminated, but my students take their mastery checks more than one time. If they weren't, if they were cheating, they, there would be no need for them to do that. So I think that it's an accurate measurement of the development of their learning. And how do you deal with administrators or parents who, and maybe even students who are really looking for a grade? They do end up getting a grade, but what I emphasize is that the grade is the culmination of their learning. So if they achieve mastery, if they've met that standard, they, it's not time dependent. It's not who met it first or second or third. It's that they achieve that outcome. And that's my discussion with the students as well as the parents if they're concerned about the grade. Great. And will you continue to use these mastery checks when you return back to face-to-face -face instruction? And what is that going to look like if you do? Yes, absolutely. So I administer um, mastery checks after each kind of learning objective. So there could be one or two per week. And now that I'm looking back on my past practice, I'm, I'm asking myself, why would I wait till the end of the unit to figure out if they know what they what they were supposed to learn, right? Like I need to target my assessment in smaller chunks so I can address any misconceptions or problems um, before we get to the summit of assessment. So I will absolutely continue this practice um, next year. Great. This sounds a lot like um, some other things that I've heard of as well. Um, work based on like John Hattie and things like that, where yes, you really looking at the, those finite, um, those little smaller chunks to, you know, help students and looking at it as a whole classroom as well. Um, so if listeners wanted to get started on this whole journey of mastery checks, how would they get started? Where would they go? Who would they, you know, chat with or resources? Um, you brought up John Hattie. John Hattie has a lot of resources out there about mastery-based learning. Um, that would be one avenue to take. Personally, I would recommend um, the training that I took over the summer. It's free, and it took about three to four hours, and it was called the Modern Classrooms Project. And I believe that that will be linked in the show notes today. Yes. If you want the shortcut, I posted my experiences um, taking that training and how I've implemented it and developed it in my own classroom on my, uh, my blog, which will also be posted, um, but it's geniusclimbingfish.blogspot.com. And like uh, Corey said, we will have all of those resources and links posted for you in the show notes. So no worries. Um, is there any, any other tidbits um, that you want to give us? Any final thoughts? My final thought would be to start small. This is not the year. This is a year to innovate, right? To adapt, but it's not necessarily the year to blow everything up. So start with what you're comfortable with. Um, Start small. Don't feel like you need to change everything radically. This has been a process for me. I started blended learning three years ago. This is the first time I've implemented mastery checks. And now I'm starting to transition to self-paced um, instruction. So it's, it's a process. Start small. Be patient with yourself. And I guess solicit feedback from your students. Is what you're doing working? Um, that would be, I guess my second piece of advice. 
Thank you. And we just want to tell our listeners too, this is all new to Corey as well. Um, you know, so as we all do with, with things that we just begin with, you know, it's an ever-changing thing and we're always modifying and, and trying to become better. So thank you for to our listeners. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment below or excuse me, leave us a comment to let us know. Um, and our comment question for today is, how do you know if your students are learning? Great question. Um, so don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. Please help other people to find us by rating and leaving a review, hopefully a good one, wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on our show or you know someone that we should invite to come on, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks, Corey, for being our guest and thanks to our listeners. See you next Thank time. You